Hey everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to 2023. Welcome to a new year of the Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro Kevin Crane, as always. Glad to have you along for this ride each and every Friday night. Spotify, Anchor, Google, Amazon, Apple, all over the place. We'll get to all the platforms and the hosts you can find us on later on. But for now, as always, segment one, news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, the latest in the world of rock and roll. On a somber note, one of many will probably hit here as we go through our episode this week on January the 6th of 2023. At the end of 2022, the Foo Fighters basically released a statement on social media, a message to their fans as we've all been kind of wondering, concerned about the future of the band after the passing of drummer Taylor Hawkins. Some optimism. The release says that the Foo Fighters will quote unquote, be a different band going forward. It's fairly obvious but they also promise to return soon. So we will see what becomes of the Foo Fighters in 2023 and beyond. I've always speculated that Dave Grohl will go back behind the drum set at least for part of the time when it comes to live performances. I figure full-time in the studio, but I know he's going to want to get out from behind the drum kit during their fantastic live shows. And again, if you've never seen the Foo Fighters, I'm sorry. I am sorry because I don't know if it's ever going to be the same without Taylor Hawkins. Lucky enough to see them with Taylor a couple times. But Dave Grohl, in and of himself is a master showman, a great, great front man. I can't see him sitting behind the drum set for two and a half hours each and every night. But we'll see. It was just good to hear from the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl on this subject. Timing was fine. It was perfect at the turn of the year. And of course, the message was respectful and hopeful. Now, unfortunately, for those of us old school rockers, some news from a couple bands, members of bands from the 70s and the 80s that unfortunately when it comes to live performances is a bit discouraging. First up, 
technically the last original member of REO Speedwagon. Keyboardist Neil Dowdy will no longer tour with the band. That pretty much leaves Bruce Hall and Kevin Cronin in terms of the lineup from their most popular era, the High Infidelity era. But, of course, those guys both came in later on, and Ario Speedwagon has been around a long, long, long time. So, to me, it's sad. I've always said Ario Speedwagon was the first great concert I ever saw at the ACC at Notre Dame back in the early 80s. So for me, this is kind of like the closing of a chapter in my rock and roll history book. And of course, one of his bandmates posted and said it's time for him to enjoy the rest of his life. And I couldn't agree more. Yes, it would be awesome to go out in a blaze of glory on stage or on tour and just rock till you drop. But at some point, you do have to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So I hope Neil Dowdy still has many more years left where he can enjoy his time with his family and his friends. Of course, in a way... I would imagine Ario Speedwagon are his friends. Such is rock and roll. Such is life in a band. Such is the touring lifestyle. And then I know Ario Speedwagon's a much bigger deal than April Wine, but I always loved April Wine. The Nature of the Beast one of the most underrated albums of the 1980s. Miles Goodwin was the leader of April Wine. He is retiring from touring as well. His last show will be March the 2nd of 2023 with April Wine in his homeland of Nova Scotia up in Canada. And again, Sad, for me at least. I, I would think some of you out there feel the same way with the news here with first Neil Dowdy and now with Miles Goodwin. At least it's not a situation where the musicians and the rockers that we idolized in the 70s and the 80s are passing away, at least here in these two instances. But... I never got to see April Wine. I really don't know if they ever did a lot of touring in the U.S. outside of the, the early to mid-80s. Once their popularity waned, I think they were more Canadian in their focus. So let's get things a little bit more upbeat here as we go through the news of the world. Billy Idol. Today, tonight, 
as we tape this Fortress of Rock episode, January the 6th of 2023, Billy Idol is getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame today. Congratulations to Billy Idol, although I know doing some research into this in the past, getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is really kind of like getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You grease the right palms, you get a couple people behind you to endorse you, to back you, and it's a done deal. It's not really a true 100% acknowledgement of your accomplishments and your impact on history, whether it's music or acting, as would be the case with the Walk of Fame. So still, congratulations to Billy Idol. Some new music to talk about. Peter Gabriel, we mentioned this a while back, is putting out a new album. Again, not really pronounceable. I slash O, I guess, is how you would say it. And now, of course, being the pretentious goober that he is, Peter Gabriel says he will now put a new song out from I-O, I slash O, every full moon until the album is released. Now you guys know I've listed my least favorite rock stars of all time on multiple occasions here on The Fortress. But I will say this. There's a difference between me not liking somebody in the world of music, and them being pretentious. Now, somebody like Roger Waters definitely falls in both categories. Peter Gabriel is pretentious, but I like a lot of his music. I don't think Eric Clapton is pretentious. I just don't like his music. So there is a difference. So anyway, all of you werewolves out there, you'll be the first ones to hear each and every new song off of Peter Gabriel's new album until the full LP comes out. Now, a band that I personally like, they don't get a lot of attention, kind of fly under the radar, but they've been around for 20 years. They kind of remind me of old school 80s college rock. And that would be the Hold Steady. And they have been very steady when it comes to putting out new material. You guys know I always encourage and love artists and bands who put out new material regularly. And no, regularly doesn't mean every seven or eight years. Once again, we'll talk about Dave Grohl, Miles Kennedy, even Bruce Springsteen, and yes, the Hold Steady. 
their new album, The Price of Progress, just announced, will be out March the 31st, 2023. That will be a review here in the spring on the Fortress of Rock. Mr. Big, how about this? No, we're not talking about Sex in the City. We're talking about the band who had the mammoth hit song, To Be With You. Billy Sheehan, Eric Martin. It looks like they will be getting back together, at least most of the original lineup, here in 2023. Okay. Doesn't excite me all that much. Sorry. You can kind of tell. Um, I was never a huge fan of Mr. Big. They've got a couple good songs. They do. Um, but they were never one of my favorites. If they open for somebody I like, I'd be happy with that. But I'm not going to go out of my way to see Mr. Big on their own. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who do fondly remember Mr. Big. So there you go, kids. Hopefully that news makes you happy. We've been talking a lot here through the end of 2022 into 2023 now about fundraising and charity and how bands like Metallica, and of course, Dave Grohl with the Hanukkah sessions have tried to make a difference and try to help out some charities and some causes that are near and dear to their hearts. And the latest to join in is the great, awesome Michael Anthony, formerly of Van Halen, now, of course, in the circle with Sammy Hagar. Michael Anthony will be headlining a fundraiser concert March the 25th, 2023 in Costa Mesa, California for a charity called Save the Heartbeat, which has to do with children born with heart defects, which is much more common than you would think. Very worthwhile charity, a great great cause and as much as I cover the animosity and the bitching and the pissing and the moaning and the complaining among the various surviving members of Van Halen Sammy Hagar I know and Michael Anthony I know will always do their best to help their hearts are in the right place. And once again, we get another example of that with the Save the Heartbeat fundraising concert. So if you're out there on the West Coast, near Costa Mesa can get there, check out Michael Anthony. Now, of course, we started off this segment with a little bit of downer stuff, and we're going to unfortunately end with a little bit more because we have got a lot of passings in the world of music 
to discuss here that occurred over the last week or two. Now, some of these things I'm going to bring up, not only here in this segment, but later on, you guys know. It is the Fortress of Rock, but I cover a little bit of country, R&B, some soul, some disco. So we all back in the 80s loved the Pointer Sisters, right? What was it? The Neutron, the Neutron Dance, I think, off the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Um, one of the Pointer sisters, Anita Pointer, passed away here recently. Earth, Wind, and Fire. I've mentioned them in the past and how important they were to me growing up in terms of expanding my musical horizons back in the 70s, exposing me to different type of music, the R&B, the, the, the soul, the disco. Fred White, who played drums for Earth, Wind & Fire, passed away as well here recently. Now, we did mention last week, this is really tragic to me. And I don't even really know that much about Modest Mouse. Don't really listen to their music. But yeah, just last week on The Fortress, I mentioned that their founding drummer, Modest Mouse founding drummer, Jeremiah Green, announced he had stage four cancer. And now he's gone. And 45 years old, obviously the suddenness of this now, we don't know how long he was suffering through stage four cancer. He might have waited till close to the end before telling everybody because it just seems unbelievable that a couple weeks after telling everybody, his friends, his fan base, that he had stage four cancer, that he would die. But Jeremiah Green of Modest Mouse passed away. And then finally, um, to wrap up this unfortunate downer segment at the end of News of the World, um, the rock and roll press has always been important, for better, for worse. And you guys know I rip Rolling Stone magazine to shreds every chance I get. Even though they got my money back in the day, I subscribed. I was a subscriber on and off. Boy, I would say for the better part of 20 years to Rolling Stone. Um, again, I'd get frustrated with them. I'd cancel my subscription. And then realizing they were really the only source for rock and roll news, I would jump back in, get frustrated, bail again, and the cycle 
would keep repeating. But now, there was a little-known publication called The Headbanger, obviously focusing on hard rock and heavy metal, um, featuring Bob Nalbandian, uh, a legend of sorts in the rock and roll press, went on to work for one of the last bastions of rock and roll in terms of record labels, Roadrunner Records, along with Frontier Records. Those are the two that pop into my head when I think about labels that are hard rock friendly. Unfortunately, Bob Nalbandian passed away here recently. So for the four people that I've just mentioned, of course, we pass along our thoughts and our prayers to their family and friends. And we talk about it, and we know that this is just going to be a regular occurrence now because we all get old. We can't beat Father Time, so the best we can do is mention these people, try to keep them out there, try to keep their their accomplishments alive through us talking about them and us keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. All right, kids, news of the world is done. First segment is over. Coming up next in Breakdown, my top five songs of 2022. Part two of my three-part recap of 2022 last week was concerts this week songs of course next week will be the big one albums we also finally will review the two songs that are out there from Vi Gash and unfortunately we will review the new Nickelback song not on their new album but Coming off the Apple TV Plus, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, movie Spirited. You can tell by my enthusiasm about that one where that's going to go. But I am very excited about passing along my best songs of 2022 to you. I will also mention... Some of the songs that did not make the cut, but were close. So, quick promo coming up. Breakdown is coming out just a minute from now. I'll be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally, 
Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fortress of Rock, episode 73, January the 6th, 2023. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. As always, glad to have you aboard on this weekly trip on the rock and roll crazy train. Top five songs of 2022, part two of our three-part recap of the year in music for 2022. So let's get into it. My fifth favorite song of 2022, an album that I recently reviewed, came out in October, didn't really get a chance to listen to it, get into it until the end of the year. Reviewed it here recently, back in December on The Fortress. Rad Wings of Destiny from Ugly Kid Joe. Now, one song in particular for me was a standout track. Their look back at the music that they loved, that I love, that you love, from the 70s and the 80s. Dead Friends Play. Now, this is not sappy, sentimental. It is a nice stripped-down drums and guitar rocker, well-written, well-played, well-done, completely, totally. And the chorus, to me, just grabs you and won't let you go. Where they sing, it's hard to break a habit in the world today. It's good to hear the music when your dead friends play. Now, of course, throughout the song, they reference Van Halen, ACDC, Judas Priest. And there's a little breakaway chant towards the end of the song. You and me were not the same. I like ZZ Skinner and the James Gang. This song is just great from beginning to end. You can argue that it's a nostalgia piece, but it is a fantastic, awesome nostalgia piece. And that is why Dead Friends Play from Ugly Kid Joe is my fifth favorite song of 2022. Number four a band that I just recently discovered here in 2022. They've been around for a while, but one of the times when these digital music services like Spotify actually come through for you outside of playing your your choices for your music, recommendations on something you might like, based on the stuff you have listened to for 20, 30 years. Spotify turned me on to Ashes and Bones. 
the title track from the latest album from Devil's Train. Ashes and Bones to me encapsulates everything that is awesome about hard rock and metal. It's got your typical lyrics about selling your soul to the devil. The bleakness, the darkness. But it's still so well constructed, so well performed that it sounds like a song from a great opening band from an Iron Maiden or a Judas Priest tour where you would have sat there and gone, damn, these guys are good. Even though you're waiting for the headliner to come on. Ashes and Bones from Devil's Train, number four for me for 2022 in terms of songs. Number three, Now, as opposed to Devil's Train, who I just discovered this past year. Number three is more rock and roll comfort food. Number three is a band that I have loved since the early 90s and have followed them ever since when I saw them open for Aerosmith. The first track off their 2022 album, Vibrating. It is Collective Soul. The song is Cut the Cord. Ed Roland, their lead singer and main songwriter, is a fantastic, fantastic lead man. He, he writes great songs, doesn't matter what he wants to write about, but you can always tell he's writing from the heart. Whether it's good, occasionally maybe a little tiny bit sappy and sentimental, but you can go back to a song like Precious Declaration, where he was basically singing about the virtues of getting divorced. And when there's a little bit of an edge, a little bit of darkness in that mix for Collective Soul, that's when the magic happens. And that is what I I think I got out of Cut the Cord. Now, vibrating as a whole does tend towards the end of the album, especially to get a little bit too sappy and maudlin. But early on, it's classic Collective Soul. Cut the Cord is the best example, my third favorite song of 2022. Now we move on to number two. A band that I like to look at as a dirty little secret of mine. And you guys know, if you've been listening to music as long as I have, what I'm talking about. There are those bands out there, smaller, never really broke through never really sold a ton of albums or CDs. There's a core group of fans they have. 
few months back, I talked about Roger Klein and the Peacemakers when I went to see them in concert, and they're a band like this. In fact, this band for my number two song opened for Roger Klein and the Peacemakers when I saw them up in Kalamazoo roughly five or six years ago. It is the Black Moods. This is just like Cut the Cord for Collective Soul. This is the leadoff track from the Black Moods 2022 album, Into the Night. One of the greatest song titles of all time, by the way. And the song itself backs up the greatness of the title. My second favorite song of 2022, Youth, is Wasted on the Young. Is it cynical? Is it grumpy old man looking at the younger generation? Or is it the younger generation being a little sarcastic about the attitudes of the older generation? You can make the call. I think the great thing about the song is that it could be interpreted either way. All right, now my number one song. Drum roll, please. Where's Dave Grohl when you need him? Number one song of 2022. I don't know why I became so enamored and fixated with this song. I've had some friends who've listened to it express to me, yeah, it's a good song, but for some reason for me, it is a great song. I'm probably a little biased because, of course, I am a Van Halen fan. So the title track from the new album, the 2022 release from Sammy Hagar and the Circle, Crazy Times, is my number one song of the year. I love the propulsive feel of the song. It just keeps chugging forward like a runaway freight train that can't be stopped. Similar in its musical style to the themes it's trying to put forth. Our society nowadays is out of control. It's running amok. I just love the layers of the song. I love the feel of it. It stays tight when it needs to. It kind of runs off the tracks when it needs to a little bit, but you never lose control of the song. Crazy Times is my number one song of 2022. And of course, as I've mentioned, next week, we will wrap up 2022, the year in music, with my top five albums. Arguably the most important of our three countdowns here. Now, some of the other songs that I didn't get to mention, obviously five songs, very limited. 
But of course, we don't have all the time in the world as much as I would love to keep talking about music and talking about music. And I'm not Casey Kasem, and I don't have four hours on the radio to count down the 40 greatest songs of the year. So you get five. But I do want to bring up some other songs that were notable in 2022 that deserve mention. Songs like Def Leppard. Take What You Want, standout track from their brand new album from 2022, Diamond Star Halos. Another song from the Black Moods, Fire and Gasoline. The Cure was another great song off their album, Into the Night, the closing track. As much as all of you hate Nickelback out there, who we'll talk about here in just a couple minutes again, the lead-off song from their album that came out in November, Get Rolling. San Quentin was a nice, straightforward rocker. And sometimes that's all you need, kids. That is all you need. Now, Crazy Times, the album. Yes, the song was number one on my list. The album itself was a bit inconsistent. But two other standout tracks from that were You Get What You Pay For. And then only on the deluxe edition, which I still find to be an absolute travesty how they didn't put this song on the regular version. So if you buy the CD, don't. Return it. Get the digital version because that's the only way you're going to get the excellent song, 2120. Of course, I love Alter Bridge. Many tracks off of their 2022 release, Pawns and Kings, Just Missed the Cut, Sin After Sin, Silver Tongue, Fable of the Silent Sun. Aldo Nova with the life and times of Eddie Gage. Finally, new rock and roll from Aldo Nova. And it did not disappoint. When all is said and done, now it's been out there for a long time. Came out well before 2022, but since it's included on the 2022 Eddie Gage release, A great song for 2022. Finally, before we move on to the new songs of the week, two grumpy old men got together at the beginning of the year in terms of release. John Mellencamp and Bruce Springsteen collaborated on three songs on Mellencamp's new 2022 album, Strictly a One-Eyed Jack, but the best of the bunch was the ridiculously cynical and catchy Did You Say Such a Thing? So all those songs that finished just outside my top five Definitely worthy of mention. And who knows? 
just because a band or a performer didn't get a song in my top five this week doesn't mean they might or might not make an appearance in my list of the top five albums next week. All right, let's look at the new stuff. I mentioned San Quentin from Nickelback. And of course, we've talked here since Get Rolling came out about the divisiveness of Nickelback, how rock fans either love them or hate them. If you listen to the rock and roll press, if you probably listen to 90% of the rock podcasts out there, you would think that Nickelback is the most despicable, most hated rock band of the last 20, 25 years. And of course, I have defended them. But you guys know that I did not give their new album, Get Rolling, the most positive of reviews. They did not give us the sleazy rock songs that we loved off of albums like The Long Road or All the Right Reasons. For the most part, Get Rolling was an exercise in Let's write songs to appeal to the masses. And that never works. Never, never works. And unfortunately, now there is a new song from Nickelback called Unredeemable. Not on Get Rollin'. This was quote unquote inspired by the recent holiday movie on Apple TV Plus. Spirited, which features Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Now, the song itself, I can't speak to the movie, but the song itself just fits right in with the lesser tracks on Get Rollin', in that it's mid-tempo, unappealing, radio-friendly crap. And it makes another example of how it makes it hard to defend Nickelback when they put out stuff like this. The formula was set back in the 80s. We all know that. Motley Crue, Poison... Rat, Dawkins, didn't matter. Cinderella. You put out your hard rocking songs for your first, maybe your second single releases. And then by the time you got to the third track, you needed a power ballad. Or you needed a slower song to, as they would say, bring the chicks in. Sorry, hashtag me too but it's the truth, whether you like it or not. And there were plenty of women at these concerts wearing ripped up jeans and tank tops, black tank tops with tattoos exposed. So don't tell me 
about how it's overly sexualized. It was marketing. It was smart marketing. But now here's the thing. The best of those bands knew how to make a mid-tempo song that the guys wouldn't leave to go to the bathroom for. Because everybody knows guys are walking out to get a beer or to go to the bathroom when a song like Open Arms gets played at a concert. Now, of course, I've always said Poison was the master. Poison gets the grand prize with Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Home Sweet Home from Motley Crue is up there as well. But Nickelback tries and tries to live up to that standard and always falls short. They're better when they just go stripper nightclub, too much drinking, regret it in the morning type songs. And unfortunately now, as they have grown older, They are straying away from those songs, and it's kind of sad. And I get it to a point. You're getting into your 40s, your 50s. You don't want to be singing about your one-night stands anymore. In a way, it seems creepy. But in the same instance... Find another path. Find a third path to go down instead of these awful, terrible, generic, goopy songs like Unredeemable. Stay away from this one, kids. And let's hope that a couple years down the road, Nickelback comes to their senses, reclaims their, their raucous, booze-guzzling, youthful attitude and puts out some better stuff. Now, finally, wrapping up breakdown here. I told you eventually I would get to it, and I did. It took a couple months, but I am going to review the two songs coming off of Steve Vai's brand-new project, which is actually an old rediscovered group of songs that he did back in the early 90s with Johnny Sombrato, otherwise known as Gash. More straightforward rock and roll than what you would normally get out of Steve Vai, of course, known for his instrumental takes on his albums, showing off his guitar prowess. So the two songs that are out right now from this upcoming album are In the Wind and Busted. Now, unfortunately, Johnny Sombrado Gash has passed away. So I feel a little creepy in criticizing somebody who is no longer with us. So I'll simply say that he is an average vocalist, somebody who sounds like he would have been good in an 80s cover band, 
Um, now on these two songs, Steve Vai's guitar work is of course present, but not quite as flashy as we would normally expect. And again, I think that's what this whole Vi Gash project was going for, was more structure, more radio-friendly type music. Now, of the two songs, Busted was probably my least favorite. Um, if you listen to the first minute, here's the one thing I want to point out. Listen to the first minute, and you guys tell me, if this doesn't feel like Radar Love, very similar musically, to me at least, when I listen to it, uh, I've listened to it three or four times and it still hasn't left me. This nagging feeling, this nagging sound that about the first minute of the song is eerily similar to Golden Earrings' Radar Love. But again, overall, the song itself, eh, I could pass on it. Doesn't do much for me. Now, In the Wind is a little bit better, a little bit more catchy. It sounded to me like a, a hybrid of sorts between Jackal and Rainbow. And on this song... Johnny Sombrato sounds a lot like Graham Bonnet did when he was in Rainbow. Since You've Been Gone, you guys might know that song, that video from the old days of MTV. And that's what In the Wind kind of sounded like to me. A little bit better than Busted, but in the end, um, I just can't say that either one of these songs was outstanding or something I would really gravitate to and listen to again. It's mediocre. Hard rock at best. Sounds like a couple songs from, again, an 80s hair metal cover band. All right, kids, that's going to do it for Breakdown. Segment two is over. But, of course, you know what's coming next. Segment three. Weather's pretty good here, so the DeLorean shouldn't take too long to start up, heat up, get up to 1.21 gigawatts, so we can go back in time and look back at birthdays, anniversaries of classic album releases, moments in rock history that we need to revisit. Quick promo coming. I want to go back. Is next. Stay tuned. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, 
CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, I've got Doc Brown in the driver's seat. We're strapped in. We're ready to go. 1.21 gigawatts, ready to go back in time to look at classic moments in rock history, album releases, birthdays, the moments in rock and roll that formed the music that we all love. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane here on January the 6th, 2023, episode 73 of the Fortress of Rock. Now, of course, before we get started, as always, each and every week, got to do some bitness. First off, you found us, you're listening to this, but you have options. You can listen to The Fortress each and every Friday night on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. And of course, check out the Facebook page. Your weekend rock project starts every Friday afternoon where we ask you, a rock and roll question, a theme, the best of, the worst of. This weekend, we're starting off 2023 with live music on our Facebook page. We're asking you to submit the worst concert you've ever seen. Now, of course, throughout the month of January, we'll obviously ask for your best concert along with maybe a couple other questions involving live music. And of course, every Sunday is your new music Sunday where we will post a video off of YouTube, a new song for you to enjoy. Most likely one that we have discussed at some point on Friday night's episode. All right, let's start off with anniversaries here. And the first one I'm going to bring up is interesting. And I did some research on this because you guys know I'm old school. Some of you out there obviously are as well. I don't plug my phone in to my car to listen to music. I still have a CD player. I still have an AM FM radio. But if we look back in time, January the 6th of 2017, Norway announced they were shutting down FM radio completely in their country and switching to DAB, Digital Audio Broadcasting. Now, Switzerland supposedly is following suit, and they will do the same in 2024. But I wanted to look and see, what does this mean for the United States? What does this mean for other countries? This seems to be, for right now, 
a localized European phenomena issue. Now, I've never been the biggest fan of formats shifting, changing, but I get it. Big business dictates if we shift from eight tracks to cassettes to albums to CDs and back again, if we go from beta to VHS to DVD to Blu-ray, I get it. I'm not happy about it. In some instances, it makes sense. In some, it doesn't. Now, of course, this has all got to do with bandwidth. And in the end, I've got to believe a lot of it has to involve cell phone service as the countries around the globe try to free up the bandwidth so more and more people, as they use cell phones, can have easier access to the internet and they're not jamming everything up. I'm not going to get into this whole debate on the Fortress, how much I hate cell phones, smartphones, can't stand them. Social media, along with smartphones, the bane of my existence, the bane of, in my opinion, society's existence over the last 20 years. But I digress. That being said, again, Those of us who occasionally listen to AM or FM radio, no panic yet. Although there are some experts, quote unquote, out there who say 2030 is the target date to phase out FM radio across the globe. But again, only Norway and Switzerland to this point have officially done it. One of the smoothest voices in music history. Unfortunately passed away on January the 6th back in 2006. The Great. Lou Rawls, unfortunately, died on this day. You'll never find another love like mine. Again, I love the old school crooners, the the guys that could just stand there in a tux or a suit. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Lou Rawls, and just the voice was so cool. So perfect, so awesome. Chart news. Going back to January the 6th of 1990, Phil Collins validates his solo career as his album, But Seriously, hits number one in the U.S., To me, I get it. Phil Collins ended up making 
a crap ton more money as a solo artist than he probably did with Genesis. But musically, I'll pass. I'll, I'll pass. I saw him once live in the round in Orlando, Florida. The tendency to go with the ballads, leave behind anything remotely edgy like he did with Genesis. I, I respect Phil Collins, but as a solo artist, I never, ever, ever listen to any of his solo material. I listen to Genesis. I will always find myself putting on Abacab at least a couple times a year. But I have no desire no want, no need to listen to Phil Collins' solo material. January the 6th of 1973. Everybody loves Taylor Swift now, right? Everybody loves how she writes all these songs about her past relationships. Thinly veiled or not so thinly veiled references to ex- Boyfriends, lovers, paramours. Well, some would say the first song to ever do that hit number one in the U.S. on this day in 1973. That would be Carly Simon's You're So Vain. Admitted years and years and years later that at least one of the men she was singing about in the song was indeed Warren Beatty. But a couple other men are referred to or involved in the lyrics, and we still to this day don't know who they are. All right, on a personal note, not quite music, but yes, kind of. So indulge me, please, for a minute on this exact same day as You're So Vain hitting number one, January the 6th, the 1973, the debut on ABC of the great, the glorious Schoolhouse Rock. Again, I'm, I'm preaching to the old school Older people out there like me who remember how great and fun Schoolhouse Rock was. Another wonderful addition to the Saturday morning lineup that we all, as we were growing up without smartphones, without cable television. As kids, we sat there at the TV waiting for all of our Saturday morning cartoons. And of course, Schoolhouse Rock. These little short snippets got injected in. Three is a magic number. I'm just a bill. Unbelievable classic moment from our youth. 50 year anniversary today 
of the debut of Schoolhouse Rock. Very important to me, at least, I hope, to some of you out there. As you got kids, go out, find the DVD. There's a DVD set. I don't know if it's still being pressed, if it's still being created. If you can get a hold of it, get it. Show your kids Schoolhouse Rock. It still matters today. And it's probably better than 99% of the garbage they're watching on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or Freeform. Back to chart news. January the 6th of 1968. The Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour was the number one album in the United States on this day. I've talked to you guys about how my my feelings go back and forth with the Beatles. I acknowledge their greatness. I acknowledge that they are legendary. If I was running the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course, first, first induction ceremony, first ballot Hall of Famers. But that doesn't mean they're perfect. And I've always said I did not like their druggy phase, which is basically the second half of their short career. And of course, Magical Mystery Tour is a perfect example of the Beatles I didn't like versus the earlier Beatles that I did like, or even the end of the Beatles where they got better. And they got back to just focusing on songwriting. But the psychedelic era Beatles, Yellow Submarine, Magical Mystery Tour, not my cup of tea. Then finally, for all you musicians out there, January the 6th, 1958, Gibson introduced the Flying V electric guitar so for all of you out there who play number one god bless you because i never had the patience for it never had the talent for it so if you can play an instrument you're better than me in that respect and of course the guitar players out there know how cool the flying v is All right, before I move on to birthdays, a little bit more bitness to take care of here. Of course, my sources for all of these stories, whether it's the news of the world or here, and I want to go back as much as I would love to think and brag about my unlimited rock and roll knowledge, that's not the case. I do have help each and every week. And that help comes from ultimateclassicrock.com, thisdayinmusic.com, and, of course, the Van Halen News Desk. Now, the stories, some of the anniversaries and birthdays come from those sites, but any opinions are mine and mine alone. All right, birthdays. 
January the 6th of 1960. Muzz Skillings. The original bass player for Living Color. 63 years old today. Now, of course, I am a fanatic when it comes to Living Color. One of my top 10 bands of all time. I've only got to see them two times as openers and never gotten to see a full headlining Living Color show. And of course, now Muzz Skillings dropped out of the band, left in 1992. He was, of course, on the first two albums, two of the greatest albums, in my humble opinion, in rock history. Vivid and Time's Up. But... Luckily, they found a great replacement with Doug Wimbush, who has been with the band since 92. I could talk for hours about Living Color, how awesome they are, how they show that we're not racists when it comes to music. Just because you don't like rap doesn't mean you don't like African-American or black musicians. It's about the type of music you like. And even then, you can cross over. I've always talked about my love for soul, R&B, and disco in the 70s. Living Color is the one example, the one shining example of a hard rock band that transcended political correctness, and hatred, and racism. That's why I love them, among many, many other reasons. Happy birthday to Muzz Skillings. And of course, for hard rock and heavy metal fans, this is a very, very somber day. Because January the 6th, 1953, was the birthday of Malcolm Young, rhythm guitarist for ACDC, of course, brother of Angus Young. And we all know he has passed away, dementia. The best bands, the greatest bands were a unit It was never about the ego of the lead singer or the ego of the guitar player. They were cohesive units where every member, drums, bass, vocals, lead guitar, keyboards, if that applied, were all integral members of the band. And even though Malcolm Young was only rhythm guitar, and I put only in air quotes, He was the heart and soul of ACDC, along with every other member of that band. Sad to think about the awful way that he passed, but on his birthday we should celebrate the contributions to rock and roll history of Malcolm Young.
Now, of course, next segment is Wrap It Up, where we talk about music for the future. But there's a little bit of irony in that because, of course, Wrap It Up is a reference to the fabulous Thunderbirds, who were more of an old school band. And the brief success they had with the song Wrap It Up They were more of an old-school blues-type band. Of course, Stevie Ray Vaughan's brother, Jimmy Vaughan, was in the Fabulous Thunderbirds. Of course, their other big hit was Tough Enough. Their lead singer, Kim Wilson, 72 years old today, January the 6th, born in 1951. Happy birthday to Kim Wilson. Going back to 1946, January the 6th. I don't want to say he is a forgotten member of Pink Floyd. But of course, Roger Waters, the egomaniac that he is, the pretentious a-hole that he is, has stolen almost the entire spotlight when it comes to Pink Floyd and their legacy. But everybody, shouldn't say everybody, sorry. Not everybody, but the more casual Pink Floyd fan, let's put it that way, has no idea, no clue who Sid Barrett is. Sid Barrett was born on this day in 1946, and he was the original by all accounts, de facto leader of Pink Floyd early on. He suffered from awful, awful issues with mental illness. Basically went in seclusion for 30 years, by all accounts. And again, I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. Definitely not a Roger Waters fan. But Sid Barrett deserves the credit for being one of the founding members of Pink Floyd. Then finally, January the 6th, 1944, we talked a little bit earlier about disco and R&B. Number one song in the U.S. back in 1975, not on this day, but The Hustle. A classic song from the disco era of the mid-70s, Van McCoy, who unfortunately died just a few years after. The Hustle was a number one song in the United States, I believe. Uh, Van McCoy, I believe, passed in 1979. But he was born on this day back in 1944. So let's make this a positive 
everybody go out, listen to the song, dance in your living room, and do the hustle. That's going to do it for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to the great Eddie Money. One more promo left in a few minutes of discussing what is coming up in the next month or two here on The Fortress. Segment four, wrap it up just around the corner. I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for the Fortress of Rock. Episode 73 on January the 6th, 2023 is pretty much over and done, except... Here as we wrap it up, of course, we mentioned the fabulous Thunderbirds, Kim Wilson, in the last segment. Got to talk about the things that we're going to be reviewing, the songs, the albums, the concerts coming up here over the next month or so on The Fortress. Now, we've already talked about the fact next week we'll be the top five albums of 2022, according to the Fortress of Rock. Cannot wait to share that list with you. And of course, we'll talk about some of the albums that just missed the cut. Also still working on the Tom Petty live album, the box set two-CD version, four-CD version, live at the Fillmore, 1987. Possibly, maybe at some point here in January 2023, we will review that. Of course, that's an exception to the rule. We normally don't review live albums or greatest hits, compilations, that type of thing, but... Since we're in a new music dead zone right now, probably going to break down more of the the cover songs than looking at how he did playing Jammin' Me or Running Down a Dream, stuff like that. We are about, oh, let's say six weeks out from our next concert review Alter Bridge and Mammoth WVH 
yes, it's still a ways out, but once we get there, it'll still be winter, but two-thirds of the way through. So the light will be at the end of the tunnel. And then soon after that, the concert season will kick in to full gear. And then we'll get back to where we normally are during the spring and the summer and the fall, where we're reviewing concerts pretty much almost every week. Now, in terms of songs, we've got some new ones, some intriguing new songs to review here in the coming weeks on The Fortress. We talked about the Hold Steady and their brand new album, The Price of Progress. The first single from their new album is Sideways Skull. We will have a review for that coming up in the next few weeks here on The Fortress of Rock. The second single from the third Winery Dogs album. We also talked about Xanadu, the first single here recently. And reviewed that. So Mad World is the second single from three. From the Winery Dogs. Of course, Richie Kotzen, Billy Sheehan, Mike Portnoy. And then we will go out on a limb on this one a little bit. Again, we're in that new music dead zone, so sometimes you got to take what you can get. The first new album, as we mentioned in segment one, from Peter Gabriel in a long, long, long time, is coming out this year. I slash O. We just had a full moon, I guess, because Peter Gabriel released the first single off that new album. The song is called Panopticom. Why not? Let's give it a listen here on The Fortress. Here in the next few weeks, I'll let you know what I think of it. That is it. We are done for Friday night, January the 6th, 2023. Hope you enjoyed it. I had a good time. Hope you did as well. We will be back again just because the calendar flipped from 2022 to 2023 does not mean that the Fortress of Rock stops. Each and every Friday night, I will be here for you discussing what's new in music what's new in rock and roll, and of course, honoring the great moments, the great performers of the past and their accomplishments. Hope you have a great weekend. We will talk to you next Friday night, kids. See ya.